On today's show, can the Dallas Mavericks fix their rotation and get back into the playoffs with one trade? No, but I do have some trades that I think could help get them really close to getting back there. We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks. And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Mavs your first listen each and every day. Subscribe or follow for free wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube where you can screen record the show and tweet out the parts that you hate the most. You can help us grow the show by listening every day and to comment anything below. Let us know who should the Mavericks target in a trade this offseason. If you want to support the show even further and participate in mailbags like I'm doing today, text us, get text alerts from us, rumors, all kinds of stuff we'll be hearing over the offseason and more. Subscribe to our subtext. Click the link in the description below. It's another step. If you want to take the next step to help support the show, make it so that we continue to be five days a week throughout the offseason. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if you're listening every day and you're part of the subtext, you're part of the Raccoon Squad. Today, I'm going to be answering your questions. Got a ton of really good ones. Got some about the Bucks. Bucks went out in the first round. A one seed losing in the first round, that's never happened. Right? Right? It's never, right? Ugh. That was maybe the worst part about the Bucks losing in the first round is everybody bringing up the Mavs getting ousted in the first round in 2007. Uh, but now I've forgotten that from my brain, and so I'll never, I'll never remember it again. Uh, we'll talk about the Bucks, their situation. Can the Mavericks benefit from any of that stuff? Um, and then there's a couple of rapid fire ones. I love doing the rapid fire ones late, where there's just fun stuff like, "What's your favorite harpism?" Um, how far would the last year's Mavericks go in uh, <laughs> in the playoffs if they just ran it back this year? We'll do stuff like that later. But let's start here. Got a bunch of questions, really good questions from some subtext subscribers that asked questions like this. Chrissy asked the question, do you think the lackluster end of the season after the Kyrie trade affected our options to recruit this summer? Hunter asked the question, you know, there's going to be some teams that are going to want to be competitive. You know, Portland is under some pressure. OKC wants to make a jump. Sacramento's improved. New Orleans has pieces. He says, do you have any teams that making the jump into a playoff team and teams that fall out of contention? Which teams do you think fall out of contention? Then uh, Mehmet asked the question, Many teams have been succeeding by unlocking value in underperforming players. Herder for the Kings, D'Angelo Russell, Rui for the Lakers, Tybal was doing well in Portland was his examples. And he says, are there any misfits out there that you think could fit better on the Mavericks that we should be considering? And then I got another question. Uh, how much change do you think one team is capable of making in this offseason if they only get the 10th pick? What are the best stabs this team could make? So I've decided to take all four of those questions and just basically answer them with this. I think there's one thing the Dallas Mavericks need to do this offseason. They need to get a center, for sure. But I think this is one way they could try to do that, for sure. But they need to do what the Lakers did this this season. What the Lakers did is a three-for-one trade where they take contracts and a first-round pick, find a team out there that wants to go in a different direction than they're in right now, and take advantage of that. Say, hey, you've got some role players. We've got some value with a first-round pick or two first-round picks and a contract that's not going to cost you guys too much to just have on your books for a year, a year and some change and all that. And let's turn this around. We've got two stars. The Lakers are saying this. The Lakers said this to the Jazz. We've got two stars. 
that, you know, we know that we can defend. We know we can do these things. We need to add some shooting and we need to add some more rebounding and some, uh, some more defense on the perimeter. And so what the Lakers went out and did is they did a three-team trade. They sent Westbrook and a first to the Jazz. And the Lakers got back D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. An incredible trade for them. Like, right now, they're not in the situation they're in right now where they're, they are about to beat the Grizzlies or on the verge of beating the Grizzlies. They're up three. They were up 3-1. Now they're up 3-2. They are not in that situation unless they make this trade. And that's where the Mavericks have to be. The Lakers were... The Lakers through the, this whole beginning of the season were where the Mavericks are right now, right? They were under 500, several games under 500 and all that. And then they make this trade and it turns things around for them. They also do the Rui Hachimura trade. You've got to do multiple things. That's why at the top of the show, I said, can the Mavericks fix their roster in one trade? No, like there's got to be multiple moves, but trades like this can go a really long way to helping what the Mavericks do. They keep Kyrie Irving. They have Luka Doncic, obviously. Keep some of the other pieces around and then just change out the stuff that doesn't work for stuff that does work, I mean, try try and fault that logic, right? The, what the Mavericks need to do is take pieces that don't work, turn them into pieces that do. That's what the Lakers did. But the, the mechanism to try and find this, and I'm answering Chrissy, Hunter, and Mehmet's questions here all in, one, all in one stab kind of, is who are the teams that are going to change what they want to do basically over the offseason, and how can the Mavericks take advantage, pitch those players to come join them, through this trade, I guess, and then, and then find some misfit players that the Mavericks can, you know, take and push to the next level because they're better on the Mavericks than they would be somewhere else. Dorian Finney-Smith is a player that was incredible on the Mavericks, had a great role, went to the Brooklyn Nets, and was not as good, right? It, this can happen. I know that we're really down on what the Mavericks do scheme-wise and all that kind of stuff, but it is possible that a player on a different team comes to the Mavericks and is much better. Uh, and so... We've seen this happen before. Players have gotten paid. Uh, just because JaVale McGee and Christian Wood didn't work doesn't mean that this, this couldn't happen for other players that they could come. So all that said, let's get into a couple of the, the, the teams that I have here. A couple of, the, the, couple of the, the, the teams that I look at or say, okay, how can we take salaries and the Mavericks have, assuming they keep the 10th pick this season, they, have, they would also have a 2025 pick and a 2027 pick to trade since the 2029 one is is gone to Brooklyn in the Kyrie trade. So they've got three picks if they keep this one this year. If they don't keep this one this year, they've only got two. But they've got three if they keep this one this year. Got Josh Green, $4.7 million expiring. He'll be a a restricted free agent. Jaden Hardy, two more years on a rookie deal. Hard to gauge what his value is. Uh, He's definitely more valuable to me and in my heart than he probably is to to other teams. Hardy, let's go party. (laughs) But, um... They have, for contracts, they have Tim Hardaway Jr. making about $18 million next year and then $16 million the year after that. Not, in, not a great contract, not a terrible one either. He's playable, he can shoot, and the contract goes down and it's only two years. So that's a, that's a contract you can send out. Davis Bertans, $17 million this year and then a non-guaranteed of $5 million next year. So he'd only be on the books for $5 million to another team. So remember that and anytime I make one of these fake trades is that Davis is only going to be 17 million this year only, gosh. 17 million this year, but only $5 million next year because he's non-guaranteed. It becomes fully guaranteed if he plays 75% of the games this season. I imagine that he will not play 75% of the games for the Dallas Mavericks this season or whatever team he ends up on. And then you have the JaVale contract, about 6 million next year, 6 million the year after that. So those are some contracts that you can add up together to make, you know, to, to equal some of these players. So, that's where the Mavericks are asset wise. They need to start trying to find some teams 
that are going to go in a different direction. And so coming up, let's talk about those teams. I think I've got a couple. The Hawks, the Nets, the Wizards, Pelicans maybe, and then I got a couple of wild cards that we'll talk about. So coming up, let's get into those teams and who the Mavericks could get from those teams in some three-for-one type deals. But before we do, let me tell you about the Nissan Aria Player of the Week. I mean, I know that I know that this is not good for like the brand of the podcast. I know that this is not exactly what Dallas Mavericks fans want to hear, but Jimmy Butler, how could how could anyone in the NBA other than Jimmy Butler be the Nissan Aria Player of the Week? He was incredible taking down the Milwaukee Bucks. I was on Lockdown NBA last night just gushing about how good Jimmy Butler was in this series and how much he scored on Drew Holiday and one of the best defenses in the NBA. He was brilliantly fierce, fiercely elegant, uh, electric, stunningly powerful. I mean, it's not even stunningly powerful at this point. Like, you just expect it. And you should expect it from the Nissan Aria as well. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Also, I want to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is something that everybody needs. I have moments in my life where I just talked to my wife today. It's like, hey, I had a weird day yesterday. Uh, you know, like mentally, just, just couldn't get over a couple of things. Stuff was just stuck in my head. And so I had to talk it out. So I'll take these things. I'll talk to my, you know, my family about it, but then I'll go and I'll talk to a therapist about it. Everybody needs somebody that that can listen to you and knows the right questions to ask, knows how to uh, like bring stuff back up, connect dots that maybe you didn't, all this kind of stuff to hear about your life from a third party basically is just something that I think everybody needs. And so uh, everybody benefits from therapy. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists whenever you like. My sister-in-law is a therapist and she says, hey, we know the drill. At the beginning, you're encouraged to, if you don't vibe with somebody at first, to switch and to try and find somebody else. So you can switch therapists at any time for no charge at BetterHelp. So check out BetterHelp. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockdownNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockdownNBA. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into the... Uh, the rest of this question. So I'm answering all these questions from subtext. Uh, subscribe to the subtext if you want to get text alerts from us uh, and text us, ask us questions whenever we want. I answer all of them uh, that I can. And so appreciate all everybody that's supporting the show by doing that. So these are the teams that I came up with that could the Mavericks could do a three-for-one type trade, sending contracts and, and picks and getting multiple role players that the Mavericks could fix their rotation or at least bolster their rotation to get them back towards the playoffs. Let's start with the Hawks. New coach, Trey Young unrest. I know that he had a great, uh, you know, a great game four, game five, whatever, whichever one that was. But there's still, it still doesn't feel like that fits. It doesn't feel like that's going in a direction that you feel really good about that team going forward. So depending on how that season ends, the other thing they have to consider for, for Atlanta is they owe $170 million in salaries next year. This new CBA and the luxury tax is going to be insane. If you are in the apron so we have the cap level which is gonna be like 134 you have the tax level i think it's like 146 and then you have the apron which is like a little bit higher than that which is like the luxury tax then you have a second apron where you're paying like so much i think 17 million over the uh over the cap then you're like 
you're in hell, <laughs> basically, with this new CBA. I did a, I did a, uh, a seminar with Larry Kuhn and Bobby Marks, and they talked about all this stuff and just all these things that these teams are going to have to do. And you cannot be in a situation where you are in that multiple years in a row unless you have a championship team that you're like, all right, we're the Warriors. We've got this championship team that we're all in for right now. Or the, the Suns. They're like, all right, we got, the, we got these pieces and we're all in right now. Like all, all in. Not even all in like where the Mavericks are. Like all, all in. Because there's so many different stipulations on draft picks and like free agency use and like all kinds of different things that are going to like they're going to stop and hamper, 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 tamper that are going to hold back these teams that spend over that luxury tax. So you don't want to be in that luxury tax, that second apron two years in a row or else you're going to be screwed. So next year, 170 million. That one is is right up there, which I'm pretty sure that it's in that that second apron, but we'll see. The year after that, 2025 for the Hawks, they are at 146 already without DeJounte Murray. You they do not want to be in a situation where all of a sudden you're in the second apron two years in a row, and then they're just like screwed because they can't, you can't, you are literally limited with the like trades and all kinds of different things. So will they try to save some money? This is one that I think. This is one I think could actually work if they're going to try to save some money and then just like get some get some value for some of these guys. They have DeAndre Hunter. He's making twenty twenty four million over the next four years. He's had a disappointing season for them. I've talked to some Hawks fans about that. Clint Capella twenty one million this year, twenty two point seven million the next year, and uh, they've got a Kongwu up on the rise. And so maybe they want to maybe Quinn Snyder, who's the new coach there, wants to change what they're doing. Wants to be a little more mobile. Thinks Clint Capella's on the last couple years of his. Uh, viability. He was great in the play-in and all that, but maybe they want to move on from that. And they've got to move something or else they're going to be stuck in this like this hell of luxury tax um, in the next couple of years. So could they send Tim Hardaway, Davis Bertans, JaVale McGee, and a first for Capella and Hunter? I know that value doesn't seem right, but neither did the value for the Lakers trade with D'Angelo Russell, Vanderbilt, and all that for a first in Westbrook. Maybe the Hawks, like the benefit that the Hawks get in this is they clear that space and they'll clear up, like they'll actually have some cap space in a couple of years because they'll be able to move some things around and they'll have a first round pick. Maybe it's the 10th pick this year. Maybe it's a future first, but the Mavericks get two role players that fill desperate, desperate needs they have in Clint Capella and DeAndre Hunter. Maybe you change JaVale into Maxi in this trade. So Tim Hardaway, Davis Bertans, and Maxi in a first and then, Capella and Hunter, I think that one's that one's definitely more realistic than JaVale. But you do that, and they still have some usable players. Tim Hardaway, Maxi, it still looks like, like, hey, you still got a couple of role players back in this deal. The Mavericks just got the better ones. And so maybe the Mavericks take those role players, turn them into better ones, and all of a sudden that bolsters the rotation. I think that one's kind of interesting. The Mavericks may have to put more in that. I don't know what I don't know how the Hawks value Hunt, DeAndre Hunter, but he's making a ton of money and he he's I don't know if he's worth 20 to $24 million, but he could be to the Mavericks because he, they need that defense really bad. And the Hawks may want to just change everything up and they could do this in, in basically two years. They'll change a whole lot up and be able to get out from under some of those, those contracts. Brooklyn Nets are another team. It's not Nissan anymore. Bye Nissan. Um, the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets are another team. They, I've talked about their, their tax situation before. They're already at the tax level next year without Cam Johnson. So they've got to make some moves, I think, next year because they don't want to be in the, the luxury tax at all because they're not probably going to be competing next year considering how well they did in the playoffs this year. They've got Dorian 
Finney Smith making 14 million next year, 15 million the year after that, 15 million the year after that. Royce O'Neal making 9.5 million, a non-guaranteed. He's the most likely guy of any of these guys to be moved, I think, because it's non-guaranteed. He'll be easy to move. Joe Harris, $20 million next year expiring. And then Patty Mills, $6.8 million expiring. They'll probably he's he's probably out the door too if they want to get under the luxury tax for next season. I'm not even talking about the second apron and all that. I'm just talking about the straight luxury tax. They don't want to be paying uh, like two for one or you know, they don't be paying extra on the dollars already because their team's not going to be that good. What if the Mavericks could get Dorian V. Smith back, Royce O'Neal for Davis and a future first? Not the, not this year, not the 10th pick, but a future first. The Mavericks get two wings out of it. Then the the Nets have Davis's money next year and then they get off of uh, Dorian Vitti Smith's money the year after that, just $5 million. So basically, Brooklyn clears $5 million for next year and then $10 million the year after that, and they get a first out of it. So you're clearing lug- you're clearing tax money. You know, you move some of those wings out, and uh, you get some value for it. I think that's one that actually makes a lot of sense for both sides. If Brooklyn's really serious about clearing some tax, then maybe that's something that they can do. Clear $5 million this year, $10 million the year after that. Get a first round, future first from the Mavericks. Mavericks get two wings. All of a sudden, the Mavs' ring- wing rotation is... Dorian and Reggie again, Royce O'Neal, Josh Green. That's great. Like, that's something that you could work with for sure. Still have that 10th pick to go out and get a center. Boom. Like, all of a sudden, you're, you're loaded, I think, at that point. Uh, another one with the Brooklyn Nets. Nick Claxton, who is making like $9 million next year, and then they're going to have to sign to an extension. Do they want to do that? Do, I don't know what the Brooklyn Nets want to be. Nick Claxton, Dorian, Royce O'Neal, and Patty Mills for Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans. And both future firsts. So two future firsts, maybe change one of the first to the 10th pick. I don't know how much Claxton is valued over there. Brooklyn clears $5 million next year again. And they also don't have Dorian or Claxton's deals going forward. Plus they get two more future picks to recoup some of the stuff that they lost um, for, you know, for the the, the Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant years and all that. So they'll have multiple Mavericks firsts. Maybe they'll bet on the Mavericks future being bad. They'll bet on Luka leaving, like all that kind of stuff. Maybe they value those future firsts a lot more. You could also change it, change one of those to the 10th pick. But the Mavericks in that get those two wings like I just talked about, so all the benefit of the one before, and Claxton. That that trade right there, if the Nets would take it, which I don't I don't think that they would necessarily, unless they decide, hey, we really got to get out of this tax and we really want to change the direction of our team, that trade fixes the Mavericks. Two wings and a center. <laughs> and Patty Mills to come off the bench to be a wild card veteran type guy that's, that's won a championship with the, the Spurs, I'm pretty sure. Like... That's a great that's a great trade for them. I think it may take more than two firsts to do that trade, especially since you're giving them Tim Hardaway and Davis. Like those are contracts that teams are not really going to want to take and those role players are a little bit better than some of the role players I mentioned before. That's a, that's a great trade to me for the Mavericks. Coming up, let's talk about a couple more. I got Washington Wizards and then let's do some let's do some um let's do some questions about the Bucks. Can the Mavericks take advantage of anything that the Bucks uh the Bucks whole situation. So we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about eBay Motors. eBay Motors is the place where you can uh, is the place where you can get the all the hold on. I can't figure out there we go. I'm having problems with the graphics on video. So if you're listening on audio, you're like, what is this guy dealing with? For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. It's the same for when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs 
to fit just right. Just like these role players I'm talking about with the Mavericks. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. I got, uh, I got our guy... Uh, Rolando Blackman over there on the shelf. Confidence, baby. Confidence. We've got confidence in eBay Motors. Over 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Isaac. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On Mavs. Appreciate you guys for being part of the show, supporting the show, and all that. Been talking about and answering some questions from subtext, and I decided to answer a whole bunch at once to give a couple of three-for-one trades the Mavericks could do to fix their rotation. So I gave a couple examples from the Hawks that the Mavs could do, the Nets the Mavs may be able to do. Here's a Wizards one, and the Wizards are in are probably in the most prime position of all these teams I've talked about because they're under new leadership. Tommy Shepard is gone. He's there was their GM. He's gone. Uh, the team is ready to move on and rebuild the right way, I think. And they're also, next season, without Kuzma's extension or uh, Chris House Porzingis' extension, whatever that ends up being, they're already $148 million on the books next year. So they're, like, already in the luxury tax, which is a terrible place to be. So they really want to save some money uh, and and just save money. They're not looking like, hey, we got to save some money and also compete like the like the Hawks would be or maybe the Nets. They're looking at, hey, we just, we just got to save money because we are technically like a small market team and like we we're, we got to rebuild the right way. We got to figure out something to do. So th- they've got too much money on the books. Also for 2025, they're already at $80 million without Porzingis or Kuzma at all. So if they re-sign both of those guys for multiple like $20 million deals, that puts them already at like 120 <laughs> without like draft picks and guys that they'll sign and all that kind of stuff. So here's what I think they could do. Gafford, Monte Morris, DeLon, DeLon Wright, and Denny Avdia make like 12, 10, 8, and $6 million. Those are all like prime players to just get moved by the Wizards right now because they just need to clear some, they need to clear some money for the future, and the Mavericks can help them do that. Gafford and Monte Morris, so the Mavericks get a center and get a third guard, which they desperately need. Monte Morris would be perfect, the perfect like third guard that – Luca and Kyrie could either play with or, you know, he com- he obviously comes off the bench and the- one of those guys can sit. So Gafford and Monty Morris for Davis, JaVale, and future first. That's right, Washington. Take Davis back. Take the pill that you, that you took. <laughs> combine the two Latvian lasers and maybe they'll combine for something good. But they get a future first. They get off of that money early for some of those guys. They're only paying $5 million to Davis next year. And so they, they get off of all that. They clear some of that. Like th- that would save them so much future money and all that. Another trade, Gafford, Monty Morris, and DeLon Wright, come back. The Mavs need you more than ever right now, DeLon Wright. It's a different coach. It's a different front office. Maybe they'll appreciate you more than they didn't before. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear my dog. He is freaking out. He hates this deal. He hates this deal is what he does. Okay, I'm, I'm having all kinds of situations here in this third segment. Gafford and Monte Morris still on right. The Mavericks could trade Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, and a future first for those guys. Now, hey, take your medicine, Wizards, take that Davis Bertans contract back. I don't know if this is something that the Wizards would want to do and take this, but get off of some of that mon- that long-term money 
You get a future first. The Mavericks get some role players. I think that trade with Tim Hardaway and, and Davis and a future first, like D- Tim Hardaway Jr. is also not like a negative asset either. So you get some, you get some more shooting and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think this is an interesting trade for the Wizards if they're, they want to just literally try to just save money. Like, let's just save money for not, ne- not this next coming season, but the season after that, they save a ton of money. And so that's something I, I think that they should look into. The Pelicans are another team that I think could do this. I had a hard time finding actual trades for them, um, but they're making they're going to be at 157 million next year. The, the salary cap is 134, guys. Like, <laughs> that's a lot, and that's without a Jackson Hayes extension. They're at 129 in 2025 with no Herb Jones or Jackson Hayes extension. So they've got some. They, that's without Jonas Valanciunas either. All that, but Jonas Valanciunas, Larry Nance. And Najee Marshall are all guys I'm looking at. I couldn't find a good trade. I didn't want to just throw one out that wouldn't work and that the that the uh, the Pelicans wouldn't even think about. Other teams that could fit this, the Bulls, Alex Caruso, but I couldn't find any other. There's like not like multiple players on the Bulls. Kyle Anderson on the Timberwolves, definitely. And then obviously the Raptors, OG Ananobi. But he it's it's hard to it's hard to get like multiple players from each of these teams. So maybe there's some kind of three team trade that they could do, which is what the Lakers did. They did a three-team trade that got all these guys. So those are some teams I'm looking at. Uh, the Bucks. Let's talk about the Bucks really quick here. The Bucks lose in the first round. It's a terrible, terrible exit for them. Awful. Like, you can talk about, hey, Giannis was injured, but they lost the two games that he played. And it's just a, it's just a failure, like, top to bottom. And I don't even know if... I've seen a lot of people talk today about the roster and how, oh, these guys, are, oh, they, they didn't get this, and they both... They had the guys to beat Miami, right? Like you look at that roster and you're not, you're not looking at that roster and saying, Oh, they just, it's the Mavericks. It's the Mavericks situation where Giannis has nothing around him. A couple weeks ago on lockdown NBA, me and Pat were talking about how the bucks were the deepest team in the league in the sense that they had Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Drew holiday, and Chris Middleton. That's like four deep that nobody else in the NBA really goes except for maybe the Suns right now. Like nobody else goes that deep with like high quality talent at those, like those four top four spots. It's really hard to find those guys like that. And so I don't think it was about the talent. <laughs> it's maybe about how the players opt, like the, the players executed, but it's about the coaching. Like they just weren't put in situations that maximize them. And we saw that all year with their offense. Now I didn't think it would be this bad, obviously, but their offense was just bad. You shouldn't be an, an offense that's, that struggles that much with, um, with Giannis and with Brooke Lopez space in the floor. Like I, what I mean, Chris Middleton. Now they were they had all kinds of injuries this season and all that kind of stuff. But a couple of questions about them. Matt asks, with Bucks losing in the first round of the playoffs, is there a more chance we could get Brooke Lopez? This is one to watch. He's a free agent this summer. He's got connection with 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 uh, Jason Kidd. Obviously, the Mavericks could also bring in Frank Vogel as that that coach on the bench that you know the Mavericks talked the other day about wanting to add some some veterans. So maybe that's even a second connection. So I think Brooke Lopez is is an interesting one to look at. The Mavericks, I don't think they can pay him. Maybe it's a sign-and-trade. Maybe they do some kind of sign-and-trade, but you would think that the Bucs would need a center back. The Mavericks can't give him a center. I don't know if they would do, like, a first. And I don't know if I would send a first for Brook Lopez. Talent-wise, you would, but he's, like, 30. He's 35. <laughs> he's, he, centers, at a certain point, just stop, like, being as productive as Brook Lopez has been. And so I don't know if I'm giving up. I don't want to give up a lot of value for a Brooke Lopez, but I would love to get, if Mavericks could figure out a way, maybe he signs for like the mid-level exception or, or whatever. Um, and then Matt asked if we added Brooke Lopez, would that solve our big man problem. Then all of a sudden your big man rotation becomes Brooke Lopez, uh, 
Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, JaVale McGee. I don't know that it fixes your problem, but it definitely it definitely helps. It definitely helps your your big man problem for sure because then it puts Maxi and it puts Maxi Dwight and Javale on the bench, which is desperately needed, <laughs> desperately needed for for most of those guys. You can play Maxi with Brook Lopez, and Brook Lopez is not somebody that you have to like have to play. So he's a great option for the Mavericks, especially with the connection to Jason Kidd and all that. Reed asked in the subtext if Bud takes the boot, the boot with the Mavericks take a swing on him for our coaching staff. What other targets do you see? So this was from yesterday. Isaac talked about this where Greg St. Jean is not coming back to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I think they parted ways with him. He was in charge of the offense this season where um, Sean Sweeney was in charge of the defense. So there's, you know, the Mavericks struggled on multiple, multiple facets, but I thought their, their offensive creativity was not super great this year. So maybe the Mavericks looked at that too and said, hey, we got to bring in a different voice. And the Mavericks just needed to bring in some experience. They did it in the front office with the Dennis Lindsay move. They need to do it on the coaching staff as well. Could Mike Budenholzer be that guy? Maybe, maybe he could. <laughs> you don't want him to be the, uh, you definitely don't want him to be like the head decision maker for your team, considering what happened with the Bucks. And it's been years of this. Like they, they went to the finals and won a title, but all the way there and all the way back and all the way since then, uh, they've been talking about his decision-making and all that kind of stuff. But maybe as an assistant coach, he'd be incredible. He definitely bring experience. He's won a title. All that, you know, th- there's a lot of track record there. His team's going all the way back to playing, like, uh, coaching under Pop. And his teams that he was there with the Spurs. And then you look at the Hawks teams that he coached with Al Horford and Paul Millsap and all them. He's had he's had a lot of experience. So that is an experienced one. And obviously, you take him on the Mavs coaching staff, for sure. Uh, so, yes, that, that's definitely someone I take. Silas is somebody that I've answered a lot of subtext questions about. Steven Silas got the boot from the Houston Rockets. I don't know that he has enough experience what the Mavericks are looking for. I think they're looking for somebody that's been in the NBA for like 20 years. You know, that's been in the NBA for a long time, that has been a head coach maybe for that long, that has a ton of experience, that could just bring a different voice to the Mavericks. And I don't know that that Rockets offense was creative enough either. The Rockets offense was very not creative this season. Um, Nick Nurse would be great. I think he's getting a head coaching job somewhere, though. But that's somebody that the Mavericks should really go get. Uh, that's all the time we got for. Sorry I didn't get to all your subtext questions. I'll see if I can answer them in subtext. But appreciate you guys hanging out with us this week. We will be back on Monday breaking down the news and everything, talking about some of the teams that maybe get eliminated and if the Mavericks could take advantage of some of those teams. So check back with us on Monday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.